a long time ago on a comics page far, far away. Greetings and welcome to May the Panel Be With You, the Star Wars comic book show brought to you by the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. I am your humble host, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, to Donna's beard color guy, to my Leia's inappropriate kisses, it's John Campbell. Yes, yes. Hello, everybody. Oh, we're back in a galaxy far, far away, and a long time ago in reality, too. Yes, indeed. Back again in the 70s, as always, uh, but this time with characters we actually like. Yeah, believe it or not, this time we're talking <laughs> with Luke Skywalker. I'm Luke not familiar. Skywalker? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely I'm, don't know who this guy on the cover is when we get to it, but... Uh, yeah, I, I'm more of a fan of Jim Starkiller, personally, but that's Jim, just me. Jim, 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 <laughs> but yeah, we've got the return of some fan favorite characters here in Star Wars number 27 by Marvel Comics Group. Uh, we are, in fact, doing issue number 27 that was originally released in September of 1979. Uh, the creative team we have on this issue is a lot of the old favorites. And by favorites, I mean Carmine Inventino's back on pencils. Uh, but Archie Goodwin is on writing. We've got Bob Wycheck on inks, Petra Goldberg on colors, and John Costanza on letters. So basically the same creative team we've had for a while now. And honestly, that's not going to get shaken up for a while either. Free floating shooter. <laughs> yeah, that shooter just waiting up there on the hill. Um, I just see him like the shark in Jaws, where he's like shooter, da-da, shooter, da-da. shooter, 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 shooter. What what year does uh, the first Secret Wars come out in? Uh, it's still a few years after this. That's it's eighty like, one. It's early uh, Secret War eighty four. Eighty four. So wow, it's later. He's still a few years out from it. Yeah, and obviously, like, Secret Wars 2 is the one where he goes full ego trip, but Secret Wars 1 is definitely, like, a turning point in Marvel Comics that is, like, very much helmed by him in terms of, uh, and, let's call it corporate synergy. Yeah, and kind of uh, destroys the comic book. <laughs> it's certainly something that is uh, ever a weight around the, the superhero comic book industry. Yeah, in terms now, of, like... you could do that... Then it became, oh my god, we have to do this all the time. While it didn't create the crossover event, it definitely right. set a very uh, upsetting template for what the crossover event would oh, become. God, yeah. yeah, well, because yeah, the 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 sort of cynicism of it, right? Yeah, uh, as opposed to the because like when was oh next year is Crisis Infinite Earths, but Crisis Infinite Earths felt like uh, the kind of the opposite of that, where it's like we have to do this. Well, and obviously you have uh, Chris Claremont over in the X line, like yeah. doing things like Fall of the Mutants a couple of years before this, I believe. Uh, yeah, and that was really hailed as like the first big, like you had to read three different comic book series to kind of get the whole story. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then it's just like, wait, we can uh, do this uh, just to do it. <laughs> Which uh, mm, maybe wait, wasn't the best it? decision. We never did anything. We, I mean, we're still a long ways out from any kind of crossover in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, wait, Fall of the Mutants was 88? Fall of the Mutants was after Secret Wars? I don't know what to believe anymore. Um. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Um, but anyway, well, let's yeah. Let's talk about... Let which is Star Wars about... 27. And finally, 
the return of, as the cover declares it, Luke and 3PO stalked by the Sinister Cyborg. It is, in fact, a Sinister Cyborg. No, not the one you're thinking of. Uh, nope. Mostly because we don't know at this point that Darth Vader is a cyborg, but... This is true. Yeah, I did think it's interesting. They're very declared to the Sinister Cyborg, not a Sinister Cyborg. According to this comic, there's just the one. And, and also, out. he's the hunter, as opposed to any other bounty hunter we'd eventually get to know in Star Wars. This is the <laughs> hunter. <laughs> Which is very funny, because we're months out now from the release of the movie that has all the bounty hunters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember when they just cut to all the bounty hunters? Uh, one of my favorite things where they just go, ladies and gentlemen, the bounty hunters. <laughs> we don't need their scum. Um, <laughs> but Ooh, yeah, uh, look, Empire is going to be the biggest shadow cast over this comic book series in the next few yep. issues. Yep. Uh, we are in the like immediate lead up to uh, a, a more a stronger like ramp up in terms of like media presence of Empire Strikes Back. It was the follow-up to the biggest movie in the world. So there was inevitably a media blitz about what this movie was going to be. And there was a lot of speculation around that at the time. Uh, obviously, you have, like, set photos and stuff getting out in, like, uh, Starlog magazine and stuff. Yeah, and, and one of the big things that Empire had was Time Magazine did a big thing about it. Like mm, Time Magazine mm -hmm. didn't really cover. It was like this was a big enough cultural event that even Time Magazine is like showing the first photos from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and so like I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that changes in this book in the coming months based on... <laughs> uh, what they know is coming, what they think yep. they know is coming, and uh, then no, obviously the atom bomb that is Empire Strikes Back will like, firmly explode so in this book. To see that, because it's always all of a sudden it's going to be like whole new pieces of information that actively contradict continuity we have established in this comic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are a few things uh, that will probably change. Uh, Mostly having to do with Darth Vader and the Empire, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, that's actually, uh, other than some mentions of them, they're not a huge part of this issue specifically. But I'll tell you what is, one of the most disturbing depictions I've seen of Luke Skywalker. What is going on with him on this cover? Because I am scared. I mean, he's just got those like real classic Infantino angry eyes, and mm -hmm. everyone's and got them. And no pupils. I think that's a real thing. He's got, like, Fremen eyes. Yeah, the blue within blue, the eyes of the Abad, as they're known, is a, a true sign that somebody has indulged too deeply in the spice melange. Uh, but with the shortening of the path and walking along the golden path, he will eventually see that uh, God Emperor Duke Leto Atreides II uh, was truth in his diaspora of humanity across the stars. Was this comic cover that made Frank Herbert consider suing Star Wars? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not the desert planet. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. I always love that attitude. I mean, we might have mentioned that before that that Herbert was always just like, "I'm not gonna sue," but I just want to know, and I could. <laughs> Look, he was very benevolent and kind. I have, I have, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna go because that's a waste of time. But like, I, I would have a case. Trust me, folks. <laughs> I mean, look, Han's we'll a spice slide. smuggler. It starts on a desert planet. He's not wrong. But we're going to let it slide this time, Lucas. For the sake of sci-fi. Thank yeah. you, Frank Herbert, for not making a thing out of this. Yeah. 
um, but yeah, and we've got uh, once again, yeah, ang- the angular of Infantino artists. We talked about. Look at just how much sharper and pointier, like all of three PO is. He's not rounded in places. All of three PO. I mean, look, even the half of Valance's face we see in the back yeah. has just like a uh, like <laughs> obtuse triangle for an eyebrow. Yep. Oh man, he just can't. Yeah. Hey. I don't know. The guy draws in straight lines and they have to have like 30 to 40 degree uh, apertures on them. It's rough. I know he's a legend, but it is kind of like, wow. Okay. All right. And Uh, again, we've said it before. This book feels like an afterthought to a lot of these guys. They're just trying to pump something out and keep the company afloat at this point before the toy company buys them. These These are being ripped right off the drawing board from uh, Infantino and handed to, you know, over there. It's not like, uh, I don't think there's a lot of going over this. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, the the colorists and uh, inkers are definitely doing their best because uh, mm-hmm. as we can see on this next page, uh, the colorists are having a field day with all them aliens in the background. Yes. Uh, let's, uh, let's open up the comic here. And that literally starts with murder. Hey, any comic that starts with murder... <laughs> Is I mean, this could easily be the opening to a Punisher comic. A hundred percent. Like, all you have to do is change out a couple elements, and it's no different. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of this blaster, put a forty-five in his hand, and make all these, like, Italian mob stereotypes, and we're good. Yeah. Honestly, I think the Punisher has even had a costume very similar to this in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Absolutely. Um, and actually, some issues of the Punisher even have him firing guns that look kind of like this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this just opens with... Uh, <laughs> I love the idea that every single cantina is as bad as the Mos Eisley cantina. That was baseline, John. Like, that one's not even that bad. <laughs> I just love that, though. And like, I, most outworld cantinas, sudden death is no great novelty. Good lord. Yeah, I will say, in one of the most recent Star Wars games, Jedi Survivor, uh, there's, like, a whole side quest in that game where you're slowly, like, building your own cantina and populating it with, like, weird characters. It's a lot of fun. My Mm -hmm. greatest regret in that is there's no scene where violence breaks out in the cantina. No, well, then it's just not a true Star Wars cantina. Yeah, it's like they're trying to generate a place of peace and positivity. It's terrible. No way. That's not what cantinas are for in Star Wars. No, they're for sudden death. (laughs) (laughs) It's no novelty. Um, Yeah, because even still, you've got a couple, you've got this one pink-faced alien being like, what? But everybody else is just like, God, here we go again. I will say, uh, Infantino has his own little, like, cast of alien characters. There's no horn nose in this background here. There's no weird flat face guy. Couldn't sneak those in there. I know. What's he doing? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, This feels more, like, Star Wars-y in terms of aliens in the background. It does feel a little bit more Star Wars-y. And (laughs) this guy just getting murked, man. Yeah, Uh, well, look. Shock and fright quickly follow. That's all we know. Um, his name, as we find out on the next page, is Marco Tyne. Yeah, I don't... This is in classic, like, comic book tradition of, like, let's name the guy who just got murked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, who cares? That was Marco Tyne. Wanted a nine systems for unlicensed slaving. Are any are any of the readers going to go, oh, Marco Tyne? <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Alan is a real badass if he can kill Marco Tyne. Right. It's not, it's not like that one bit in Solo where uh, there's like, oh, you killed Aura Singh? And all of us 
Star Wars nerds in the audience are going, oh, you killed Aura Singh. Oh, <laughs> that long fingered lady who appeared in one scene of the Phantom Menace, who actually yeah. has a very deep and intricate backstory involved in sure. Boba Fett's history. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here comes Valance looking a lot like Nick Fury. Okay. Last time we saw Valance, lest we forget, yeah. he had just attempted to hunt Luke Skywalker because of droid racism reasons. I That's my favorite thing is this is like, yeah, yeah, he blew up the Death Star. My real problem with him, this son of a bitch is friends with robots. Yes. <laughs> but in that like really sick issue drawn by Walt Simonson, right? We yeah, saw that's a huge, yeah, that's a big problem here. All right. Yeah, by comparison, it, it really hurts this issue. <laughs> Simonson's balance was so cool. As we talk about, look, especially when he peeled his face off, looked like a Judge Dredd villain or something like that. He, you know. So last we'd seen, like half of his face had slagged off. Yeah. And it was cool as hell. Who's Valance's skin guy? I thought, yes. And clearly he's got enough. Uh, lying around because later in this issue when he just casually peels it off himself I'm like can you just put a new face on like very easily do you just have a closet full of these things like you just I'm like because like, like chameleon you... and spider-man just a, a closet full of yes. faces <laughs> it's 100 that that's what Valance's closet looks like uh yeah all of a sudden he look and he and and just I don't know this guy looks he, he doesn't look as interesting in the infantino rendering of him yeah, he looks he looks like Cable. I don't know what to say about it. Like, yeah, he kind of looks like yeah, he looks like Cable and Nick Fury had a baby. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he's got the white temples. He's got the yeah. square jaw. Uh, he's dressed like Skeletor. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Excuse me. Who stole my dry cleaning? Like ah. if. if if his blue bodysuit here just had nipples, I could totally believe that his body was blue and those bits of armor are just on him like a He-Man character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You. This is the most form-fitting costume anyone's ever worn. <laughs> uh, and he... Oh, man. What a what a, a badass dark move here that he just makes a couple of bar patrons carry the body out with him. Yeah, that, that was pretty brutal. <laughs> I do like what a just what a bastard Valance is. Um, I love the 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 barman who's just like five weeks he's been around. At least once a week he does this. <laughs> that means at least five times Valance has just walked in and shot someone in this bar. I and, love and it. then press ganged other people to yeah. carry out the corpse. <laughs> Boy, you think and and yeah, this bartender's going. You think those guys come back and pay their tabs after that? <laughs> I, Hell no. They're gone. God damn it. Valance is bad for business. And uh, Valance isn't even doing the classy Han Solo thing of like flipping the coin and saying sorry yeah. for the mess. Well, that's what separates a hero and a villain, Drew. I think really <laughs> that's key here. Paying for the corpse juice he left on the ground. I mean, to be fair, Han did just leave the. At least Valance cleans up. Han left that. Somebody else is going to have to deal with Greedo's corpse. That's true. So maybe it kind of balances out. Han was paying for the removal services and Valance takes care of it himself. Give this to the guys who have to... What we don't see is the guys who have to come in with the stretcher and stuff and get him out of there. Then hose off the booth with whatever Greedo juices are left over. Valance is the kind of guy to walk up to the like ready window at the restaurant uh, like kitchen window, grab his own food just so he doesn't have to tip. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The, the bartender goes, at least he cleans up after himself. <laughs> we had Han Solo in here. He just left bodies. Um, and a I quarter. Like... How, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I also like this the the guy in the who who clearly stole some of uh, Thanos's outfit here. Oh yeah, with, he did uh, with the the purple jumpsuit and the gold boots. But him doing this like half peer out, where he's just like, "Oh man, that Valance sure is scary." <laughs> it was worse for Marco Time. Yeah, no shit. Uh, <laughs> Thanos at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we go to the next page where we have to get a full paragraph. Explaining Valance's backstory for those who missed issue 16. This is what, 27? It's been a while since we've seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's been a while. And uh, lest we also forget his best friend, Skinker. <laughs> oh, yep, Skinker. <laughs> it's a day. How many, like, weird sketchy bald dudes are we gonna have in this book <laughs> i know i thought that i'm going like wait this isn't the same guy as the last <laughs> it's not it's a new sketchy bald guy with a weird beard <laughs> oh god why am i blanking on the sketchy bald dude uh from oh, the last issue him. um oh god what was his name he had a dumb name too the yeah, like our yeah, yeah. salesman guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, um, guy. oh he's so dumb thode um, Thode, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, Thode. Um, Jorman Thode. Jorman Thode. This guy, though, at one point he says, uh, uh, collected another award. Did you get your work balance? Can't recall any other bounty ever. Ever survive it. I imagine he's kind of, he's got one. He's like a Gar Ritchie character. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right here, scavenger ships paid slim pickings these last week. Now all two or three PL models, just this lot. And so he, <laughs> he is asking this guy, to collect droids for him so he can just kill them because he hates droids so much. Look, Valance is an uncomplicated character in the most complicated way possible. <laughs> it is. Like, we know he doesn't like droids, but, like, it, 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 it's, it, it's like he wants genocide against them? He wants to go out of his way. I mean, at this point, it's edging towards, and I use that word very specifically, a sexual <laughs> kink. Yes, yeah, because it is. Look at him. He's just because yeah, then there's no like. Uh, I'm not going to take my time. I'm just going to obliterate these droids. And there is just sort of like a. Mm, that's what I needed. Yeah, like he needs a hit off yeah. of just like droid murder. Oh, that's what I wanted, baby. A uh, Vidal Pacau. <laughs> um, Which and I, I don't. Nah, that the blaster making that noise as it's like shooting this. <sighs> It's not I've a blaster seen... bolt. It's like a a, a ray. That I was gonna say, you never see anything this destructive from like a hand weapon in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's he wild. just obliterates them all in one blast. And I like uh, that this guy's just like, well, I don't know, it seems like kind of a waste, but you are paying, so <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh... Yeah, on the next page, he's just like, hey, whatever, you're paying me to grab all these rebuilt droids just so uh -huh. you can blow them up. Well, sure, okay. I mean, Pretty weird, but uh, hey, man, as long as your money spends, I'm like, yeah. Oh, crap, man. Uh, uh, I am a part of whatever weird fetish you have, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm paying you for more than the machines, uh, Skinker. I can't uh, believe his name's Skinker. What a okay, <laughs> Skinker. Uh, and he's and he's talking about he's got my he's got his eye out for the rebel lad. 
the rebel lad who moves around with a 3PO and an R2 unit. Okay. John? Yes. We're a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I this Of this, I am sure. Galaxies, mm-hmm. on the whole, are very big places. That's what I've been told, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Star Wars galaxy... Yes. While not fully explored, Mm -hmm. is still a really big place. Pretty big, yeah. How many guys out there are uh, rebellious in nature? A younger lad, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Rolling around with a couple of droids, would you say? Oh, I would say uh, more than a couple. (laughs) How many people do you think Valance has killed... Just on the off chance that they might have been Luke Skywalker. <laughs> uh, quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. That looks close enough. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you squint, how many people has Valance murdered? It's probably Sorry, a that, lot. That was an R4 unit, not an R2. Oh, whatever. That was just a protocol droid. It wasn't even a 3PO. <laughs> close enough. Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, can I say I love the panel where he's just kicking the already decapitated head of this droid? Like, it's not, he's already killed these droids, but he's still like, no, nah, I'm going to rough up what's left of them. Yeah. What do you think uh, Infantino's art direction was here? It's just like, and he really, really, really hates droids. Yeah. <laughs> In case it's not clear, Carmine, he really hates droids. Go nuts. Yeah. Why? Do- okay. Why does he hate droids? Because they the implicate. There's the whole thing about the self hatred, right? Yeah. But the, there's a there's some point in this where they imply he hated droids before that. Don't know. Do, I mean, I could invent something, John. Let's say it's a Clone Wars what? thing. He had something against clankers. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. The droids killed his family. <laughs> well, yeah. We can just make up things wholesale. <laughs> I mean, that's, as, that's better than what this book is doing. Droid did his <laughs> wife, man. I don't know. Um, Dro- Droid stole his wife. Over. You said it was over. <laughs> Look, when your wife's ex is Master Calm, you have to worry. That's all I'm well, saying. Because you'll, ne- you'll never please a woman like Master Calm. <laughs> Master Calm. <laughs> So yeah, I uh, love uh, Valance's like sad walking on the bottom panel here. It's just like kicking dirt, like sad Luigi. <laughs> no. yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but he's getting back to his ship. He's loading up because he's got a dark secret. What's that dark secret? Well, why doesn't he just peel off a little bit of skin and show the reader? <laughs> why does he do that? <laughs> like his face was kind of damaged, right? When we first saw it, wasn't that the thing? Uh, no, I don't know what the deal. What, no, I'm saying in the when we when he when we first saw him in the in the in oh yeah 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 he that, shot that in the face like, right exactly that was like a reveal here he's just doing it to do it yeah this is like if you're sitting in your car because he's going on to his own spaceship here and he's sitting down and he's moping a little bit because he's so racist that it hurts um, the racist <laughs> she burns. I, I mean, that's what's happening here. He's just like, he's so angry at Luke Skywalker for existing and being friends with droids. I can't believe he hangs out with those things. 
and he talks about his Imperial transmission tape. Because lest we forget, Valens has seen the movie Star Wars. He's got Star Wars on tape. <laughs> because in his first issue and appearance, we saw that he had seen the Imperial transmission tapes of the Death Star attack, which yeah. is basically just the movie Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> he had a VHS copy of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, so he's angry that he hasn't found Luke, the hero of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. He's roaming the galaxy. And meanwhile, while he's brooding and talking to himself, he's just picking at his skin a little bit. And he starts peeling and peeling and peeling like a scab that you just can't stop picking at. And suddenly, yeah. whoops, half my face is gone. Oh, I hate when that happens. Thankfully, like Lando's closet full of capes, Valance has a closet full of rubbery faces. <laughs> If they went and showed him put on another face, I would immediately love this issue so much more. <laughs> yeah, so he's uh, just so racist against people who like droids, and he's racist against droids. I don't know. And again, it's like kind of a self-hating thing because he was made into a cyborg because... Well, because it says, this then is the hunter's secret, his torment, and his shame. Yeah, the man who hates robots is a cyborg. What? It's almost as if all hate comes from a place of uh, self-termination emotionally. Wow, interesting. It's a deep comic, man. Yeah, uh, well, look, I think some uh, conservative uh, state legislatures could learn a thing or two from violence. That's all I'm saying. I just, I, all I'm saying is I am sending this out to a lot of Republican politicians to learn the lesson. Uh, rather than using apps like Covenant Eyes, which is probably going to date this episode, uh in terms of what's happening in the news right now, they yeah, could just yeah. look to balance the bounty hunter and learn a couple of lessons. Go. There you go. It was all there, man, in 79, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, and then cut to deep space! A lone vessel flies its way through the seldom-traveled star sector known as the Gordian Reach. And it's Luke and 3PO out on a mission to look up, the to scope out the Empire's blockade? Yeah, they're... I hate this ship design. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. I don't know what to describe it and as other than a sex even, toy. Yeah, it really has that vibe to it. Um, <laughs> and I don't use vibe lightly on that. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, the, and particularly when he's talking later about his maneuverability, I'm like, how? It's so weirdly like shaped and designed. He's, he's this, flying a brick. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, where is this thing? A, frick, uh, a, a brick with a dildo attached to it. Yeah, that's really what it looks like. If you're not watching YouTube, 100%, put that in your head. And that's pretty much what it is. Um, and yet he's talking about, God, this thing maneuvers so well. And you're like, I think it would. <laughs> um, the, the, yeah, there it is. Oh, no, it's a battle cruiser that's using that planetoid as cover on the next page. Oh, shit. Why does he have 3PO with him? 3PO is such a detriment to whatever you're doing. And they don't you don't need to communicate with anybody or anything here. Also, it's an Imperial Star Destroyer. Mm -hmm. If you've got any kind of sensors, you'd think you'd be able to detect something like that, regardless of a planetoid in the way. Not when that planetoid is there. It's not like you've got the gas giant of Yavin to cover all of your sensor logs or anything, but no, it's just like, whoop, haste. Star Destroyer suddenly out of nowhere. Oh well. Whatever. And I love that like 3PO is a little like knows his own shtick at this point when he's like, Does this mean we're doomed, sir? Should I do the whole we're doomed bit? <laughs> Not if this little baby maneuvers as well as the Alliance Technos back on Yavin promised it would. 
I, oh God. I mean, I hate everything about that dialogue from Luke. This little baby is a weird line for Luke. Uh, <laughs> Look, man. he comes from a tradition of hot rod drivers on uh, Tatooine. We all know <laughs> that the, the Vespa driving uh, street punks of Tatooine have a long, proud tradition of hey, babying their rides. Listen up, Daddy O. <laughs> this little baby is ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, they. It, it, <laughs> Uh, really, let's go to the next page. Maybe the weirdest pose I've ever seen on 3PO. Is there zero gravity in this cockpit? <laughs> well, because, yeah, like, where was he sitting? How is he turned? What is going on here? I don't know. Also, like, why is there a stick shift in the spaceship? <laughs> Hang on. I gotta put it in third gear. <laughs> Also, there's three stick shifts, and they all seem to be on the same track, so I don't know how that would work. I don't know. This is... Uh, Infantina's like, you're giving it more thought than anyone ever did working on it. Um, but yeah, it is just like, I don't know, put some knobs and gears in there. Yeah, look, it, the cockpit doesn't need to make any spatial sense. We just need these two characters present. And like, the the screen is behind them? And then suddenly when we get the reverse shot of like straight on 3PO, suddenly Luke is like way farther away or has shrunk. <laughs> it's tough to say. Because it looks like the cockpit's incredibly cramped here because once again, they're in the dildo section of the ship. <laughs> uh, you'd think you'd uh, fit better in the brick, but no. I, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, you got to fly it from the dildo. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> But then all of a sudden, yeah, then there seems to be like a huge amount of room between them when they're like right on top of each other in the previous panel. Man, it's almost like they didn't figure this stuff out. Yeah, look, no one's and ever then, accused Carmen Infantino of having spatial awareness, I guess. But don't worry, they learned some of Han Solo's smuggling tricks. Does every issue now need to mention Han Solo's smuggling tricks? That seems to be the case. Well, he's got like two, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, one <laughs> number one, run away. <laughs> <laughs> number two, hide underneath the floorboards. That's pretty much it. Uh, I did think here it's like, well, this this is actually a smuggling maneuver he will use in Empire because they're going to go into an asteroid field here. That's true. Yeah, there's no exogorth in this issue, but yeah, no, sadly, um, can always use more like exogorths. I feel like we'll get that post-Empire, because I feel like anything that's in Empire will find its way back into the comic post-Empire. Oh, yeah. Strap in for some hot bounty hunter action. I'm just letting you know that mm -hmm, right now. Mm -hmm. And then I don't really understand what I'm looking at here with this explosion of purple. They uh, hit an Is that the idea? Oh, I thought they got startled and released their ink cloud. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Little known fact about Star Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And they're easily startled. The they're easily startled. Easily startled. Oh, no. Uh, also, the scale here just doesn't make any sense if that's what's nope. happening. Nope. Star Destroyers are usually massive, especially compared to, like, two-man ships, like the one Luke and 3PO are supposedly on. Yeah, because they... Well, they come... Yeah. The, the When they do the big reveal of it, it does look massive. Then all of a sudden... I think the Star Destroyer is shrinking over the course of panels here. Or that, like, because, yes, it looks like they're, like, exploding an asteroid or something. So either the Star Destroyer is running into it and it's very far away, or Luke is running past it and exploding and the Star Destroyer is still really far away. Yeah. 
It's not good. Anyway, yeah, it's not great. Um, but they get away. So they those do. last three pages really doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, they don't. They don't uh, further the plot in any way, shape, or form. They don't uh, really inform what's about to happen here. Yep. Because the, the here they go. It's phase two of the mission. What, what was the mission? <sighs> they send Luke out on a lot of scouting stuff. Yeah. What the comic does. I mean, if we He's go back a few pages, uh, we get this dialogue. Master Luke... Uh, this dropping in and out of warp is playing havoc with my interior directional compensators. Part of our mission is to probe the extent of the Empire's blockade. So they're in the, the Gordian Reach, which is where Yavin is. Um, right. It's like that chunk of space. And what we established in the last few issues is that the Empire has blockaded the Gordian Reach in an attempt to contain the Rebel Alliance near they're, Yavin. They're looking for any potential gaps in that blockade or anything right, right? Exactly. So where the extent of it is okay sure yeah uh you obviously that's a good use of luke skywalker's time um it's just the guy that blew up the death star it's fine yeah i don't know yeah. what else is he gonna <laughs> do the last Trained issue to be a Jedi? They, well the last issue they were just like we're gonna send him a suicide mission he'll probably die and that's just how it goes well and the last issue had this like kind of or at least it was trying to have this dramatic weight of General Dodonna and Princess Leia being like, look, anything to save the rebellion, right? Even if it means throwing Luke Skywalker's life away, we need to be able to save the rebellion and continue this fight. And this issue is just like, well, we sent the kid out to go grab a pack of cigs and a six pack and <laughs> he'll be back by Friday. <laughs> Last time they were just like the, the greatest honor for the rebellion. And then, yeah, it's just like, I don't know who's got like a boring mission. Anyone could do. We'll send Luke Skywalker out on it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And throw that annoying robot with him. That'll at least get him off our back for a while. Was Dak busy? Well, like <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it really feels like Luke's the only pilot around at this point. Yeah, I don't know what Wedge is up to, but it's clearly something more important. Anyway, they're headed to the world of Junction. I do love planet names that are like just a thing. The like planet it, of Junction. Yeah, yeah, like they don't give it some weird spacey name. They're just like, yeah, it was just a place that where things like came together, so we called it Junction. Like that's I like that as a sci-fi trope. Sure, that's fine. Yeah, it's just like we don't. It's it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there are many go. planets of a similar nature scattered across the endless spectrum of the outworlds. Essentially, they are trading posts, gathering places and watering holes for those that roam beyond the civilized systems. I've got no problem with Junction. What I do have a problem with is that this place looks exactly like Mos Eisley. Well, look, there's a they certain standard that people build outland posts and if it's mud huts and people know, in robes like that's what we got they just they're just like no i'm sorry we're not gonna try to come up with our own take on what this planet looks like it just looks like the other stuff you've seen move on i mean i don't think this is a desert world to be fair but everything is still a mud hut yeah that's it exactly Which, uh, no offense against people who live in mud huts i know adobe architecture is uh <laughs> Very sure, yeah. like well designed and good for like heat insulation and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, there, yeah. there are there is a practical reason for these sorts of architectural designs being so prevalent across many cultures. It's just, just we've <laughs> seen it before in a sci-fi setting. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like I mean, even if you do this basic, like bring a little something new to it. <laughs> and also, Luke talks about wow, this place looks even bigger than Mos Eisley. Does it? 
<laughs> well, look, in 20 years, John, we'll get the special edition where we have the, the longer extended <laughs> sequence where we fly into Junction and see more of it. Of course, of course. Uh, this will be the first real city I've had a chance to see since that time. Like, th- then starts at least an entire, like, page and a half of Luke Skywalker recounting past adventures. You know, like how people do when they talk to each other. And having the the swoopiest hair Luke Skywalker has ever had. Oh, look at that, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, literally, they're going, like, ever since we went to Centaurus... Oh, that was so dangerous. Yeah, we couldn't really enjoy it because uh, we have to fix R2. And remember that time when Darth Vader almost got... just like, good lord! Yeah. Is Centaurus where the wheel was? Yes. Because that's when they fled Darth Vader was when they were escaping the wheel. Yeah. Okay. I guess. I, so. I don't remember what system the wheel was in, so... Well, they say that was issue 25. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I never even got to shoot any craps on that. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was a little busy uh, fighting for his life. Wait, no, Star Wars number 25 is when they were... That's the Siege of... That's the Seg of Yavin. Oh, was that Centaurus then? But Centaurus didn't have a city. It was just like... a No, they were just like... It was a I gas guess, trap. Wasn't that the thing? Centaurus was where they bought this shitty oh, the ship. ship yeah we got yeah. we got no sense of that planet no all, as far as i knew it was a used car dealership <laughs> it was just thawed mo- motors man yeah like uh, i think we're i think we're there for like two pages while they buy their ship by the way somebody make a thawed motors shirt please <laughs> thawed uh. motors is very good <laughs> thawed motors it probably won't fall apart <laughs> And it's just Thode going, mm. <laughs> no refunds. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, anyway, they're here to get parts for R2. Yeah, because R2 got messed up during the Siege of Yavin. Yeah, the who could forget about the dangerous? And uh, boy, uh, they just happened to go to the exact same place. We know Valance was destroying droids. What's this? Skinker shop where they've got all the extra droid parts. I wonder why they've got so many droid parts, John. It's not suspicious at all. Check it out. Horn nose. Hey, but this is a little froggy horn nose. This is like an old man horn nose. He's mixing it up a little bit, but but it's still a classic Infantino alien. I love the idea that Carmen Infantino has this like roster of aliens in the back of his head and he knows the life cycle of them and like what they look like (laughs) as they mature into old age. And this is just like an old man horn nose. Somewhere there's like the evolution of man poster yeah, behind him. Yeah, yeah. With aliens and so back there, going like, and they kind of shrink down. Um, yeah. Also, uh, this little horn nose is named Polyp. I know. I love that. And he's a, he must be, <laughs> Polyp, go get Valance. Tell him old Skinkle has come across a likely looking prospect. Very likely. So, like, ten minutes ago, Valance was in here blowing up droids, saying, like, Ugh, I just want to find that one blonde kid who loves droids so much. I hate him. I hate him so much. Sinker's like, whatever, dude. And then this kid just wanders in. (laughs) Well, that was a freebie. Um... But anyway, it uh, that that we'll have to. That's our uh, commercial break moment because it's time for an interlude. You're coming. Intermood. Don't worry, we're back in the fourth moon of Yavin. I think it's a jungle moon, John. I think there's a red gas giant in the distance. Yeah, blah, blah, yep, blah, blah. Yep, yep. and anyway. a very bad Princess Leia who says and, this is silly. 
<laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> I love that this, like, what if this is just the whole commentary on Infantino talking about this book? It's just like, ugh, this silly. is silly. <laughs> and here comes General Dodonna, man, a character who definitely, like, makes a presence, but he's such a bigger character in the comic than he ever is in the movies. Because he's oh, always. always around in the comic. He's a he's a bigger character in literally every other like Star Wars thing. Like in Rebels, he's a bigger deal. In like, I'm sure he's going to show up in Andor season two. Because um, he's such a higher up in the rebellion, but most of the time the main characters of Star Wars aren't really at the like rebellion base. You know, right? Exactly. They're off doing missions. So conceivably, Dadan is the one handing out orders at places and stuff. But anyway, he but he's also gotten and- younger here. He's he's getting progressively younger. I just discovered this new thing, Leia. It's called Just for Men. <laughs> you, all I do is rinse it in the shower and look twenty years younger. I mean, he's less wrinkly. He's less white in yeah. the hair. He's got this like big, uh, like a Rick Trail smile in the last panel here. I, yeah, it's just like, did everyone forget what this guy looked like? Um, yes, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but he comes up here and Leia's complaining about like, why do I have to stick around Yavin when everybody else is out having ventures? And he's like, because you're the face of the rebellion, baby. I mean, this has always been a thing with Leia. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to see this start so early in expanded universe stuff of like, Oh, Leia is the symbol to the rebellion. And there's a level of risk they can't expose her to because she represents a like rallying flag that they can point people towards. Right. Uh, it's just, it's so jammed into this issue is this interlude that it kind of bothered me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's ham fisted here. That's for sure. And then uh, this week, the last panel of them with her, like playfully kissing him and tugging on his ear or hair and him doing like a, yeah. Yeah. What is happening right now? <laughs> Now let's go inside. This night air makes me talk too much. What There's an implication there that I don't like. Yeah. Th- th- this book's whole thing is just like, oh, sexual chemistry between Leia and everybody. Which, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Assuming it's not with Luke. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that, then, it's, then it's really not fine. <laughs> Look, Leia and Luke doing mouth stuff in this comic has long been one of our biggest problems. Oh, God. <laughs> I think mouth stuff is the best description of how it's drawn. <laughs> I don't know if that was kissing, but it's definitely mouth stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what it it's just so weird. Well, thankfully we cut away from them pretty quickly to a shadowy figure in an alleyway because we can't not have a robed long-nosed spy in a Star Wars book. Who's a Sith Lord, right? I don't know. He's dead in this page, so it doesn't matter. He has some. It really, it really stood out to me, though. Uh, you can't report Darth Vader's spy. Not on that set. I fused the circuitry. Well, maybe he's talking about. Well, this guy's an Imperial spy of some death. kind. Oh, an easier death than your Sith Lord Master. Okay. Yeah. There you yeah. go. All right. First thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this guy wearing a plague mask for some reason. Um, yeah. Well, look, we had that. Like, uh, again, this place is just most Eisley again. So like there they had like the long nosed guy who was spying on uh, Han and Chewie and led the Imperials to their docking bay. And this time we've got this one. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, he's trying to send, what is the message he's sending to Darth Vader? That Luke is here. I don't know. 
Solaire got a dark figure retreats down a twisting alley, slips into. You can't report to Darth Vader, spy. Not on that. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Spy, you slip away from. Yeah. My first week in a new port, and I make it the habit to learn about all the spies, Imperial Rebel or otherwise. Knowing your hideaway, it was no problem beating you here. So, like, it seems like this guy's just reporting to the Empire, just like on routine spying matters. And Valance is like, no, fuck you. <laughs> He's just like, no, nothing doing, boss. But I'll check in next week. Yeah, no, I think it's mostly that this guy is reporting to Darth Vader that he found Luke Skywalker and Valance like, only I get to kill Luke Skywalker because he loves droids so much. That's why Darth Vader wants him, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he blew up something or other, the something star. It doesn't really matter. It's more about the droids, really. So yeah, Valance is killing this guy so that he can't report Luke's location. Um, meanwhile, yeah. Luke is still at Skinker's. I did not expect Skinker to be in the book as much as he is, really. Um, Look, he's the new Chewbacca in this issue, honestly. It's like, who people love Skinker, Chewbacca, they're right up there. That's Look, the, the way, the way Infantino draws him, I'll take Skinker over his Chewbacca any day. Uh, and then you've got Luke going, this Skinker character sure is taking his time packing up stuff. Hey, 3PO, 3PO, do you think we can trust somebody named Skinker? Like, so that implies that in, while Valance was murdering that guy, Skanker's just like, oh, it's just going to be a few more minutes while I'm getting this all packed up, boss. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he goes and yells at his little uh, horn nose uh, buddy. He, the statement, double blast your polyp, is amazing. <laughs> double blast ya. Where's Valance? You said you'd deliver the message. The lad seems more farmer than rebel, but even he could get suspicious. It's just like, look at this fucking dum-dum. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, Skinker's just like, he's standing right behind me, isn't he? Yo, <laughs> <laughs> ow! And then Luke pulls out a really weird-looking blaster. Well, yeah, he got something from Flash Gordon all of a sudden. <laughs> I know. Once again, they have seen the movie. Come oh, on. Oh, actually, no. This is his mom's blaster. Because that, that's... Pretty much looks like the one that uh, Padme has at the end of Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, and I then that was a little pointier, but still, it was a little pointy because she's got yeah, those have the sort of like long needle like barrels, but the design is basically the same shape. Uh, and then, uh oh, though, it's a Mexican standoff because here comes Valance. I mean, is it He's a Mexican standoff if one of them just opens fire immediately? <laughs> He's in my pay, droid lover. Ah, Valance, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Could you slow down for one second, dude? And die, droid! Yeah, inside 3PO, fast! As, yeah, they dive away and shut the door? I don't... What is the, the goofy, like, silent movie slapstick of 3PO? Look at his leg and, like, his ankle turned here, where he's like, whoop, 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 whoop. I, I also, just, like, spatial awareness-wise, I don't know where they're diving to or I from. no idea. And then all of a sudden, we're just in that room on the next page. Yeah, and then the door's being blown open by Valance. boy and droid tumble into the salvage yard's repair shop. I don't know what that means. I don't really have a sense of this salvage yard. Yeah, that's a big problem with comics of this era is sometimes the captions do a lot of heavy lifting trying to explain art that doesn't make a lot of sense visually. Right. Yeah. We're in Skinker's Salvage Repair Shop. 
right? Uh, we have no real sense of where any of this space is in relation to each other. All we know is that Luke was able to dive from one to the other and close the door behind him all in one panel. Yep. But then it Man. doesn't matter because Valance immediately blows a hole in the door or the yeah. wall. I don't know. I have more than blasters at my command, Rebel. What is that he just used? Uh, his hand blaster. Yeah, but that's he said that's more than a blaster. Well, okay. In Star Wars, the term blaster usually refers to actual guns. Uh, they very yeah. rarely use the word gun. They use blasters as like the, mm -hmm. the phraseology there. The, Correct. The laser thing he has in his hand is not necessarily a blaster per se. It's but it, like, yeah. but it, it does blast. <laughs> it's super powerful, though. <laughs> It's not a blaster, but it does do some blasting from time it, to time. As we uh, can see in the middle panel here, it lets out a quabwam, so I would say it's more of a bwammer. Well, look at that thing, man. I mean, that that is extremely powerful. Yeah, I also like that Valance has, like, effectively knocked Luke unconscious in that middle panel when he, like, blows mm -hmm. up the wall, and he continues to monologue at Luke's unconscious body. Yeah. <laughs> After weeks of waiting, I'm sorry to have it over so quickly, as you and the others have now learned just a bit too late. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but it turns out Luke is very much awake uh, because mm -hmm. he catches him monologuing. Yeah. Guess again, bounty killer. Bounty killer. And then he busts lying. out his iconic orange lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. I that that also apparently <laughs> the laser like lines of light that take up the whole room now. Well, John, you see, Luke Skywalker has the power of both God and anime on his side, so I <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, when he lifts up his sword and suddenly the Japanese, uh, like Imperial Japanese flag, is burning out of the yep, saber yep. hilt. <laughs> Mm -hmm. A lightsaber in this day and age? I don't believe it. Once again, this is something, I mean, well, they have to know to some extent. Like, uh, it's a thing that, that, that frequently drives me insane when people talk about the Jedi. It's like, wasn't that like 20 years ago? In this day and age? I guess it would be a little something like if somebody started up their computer and you heard a modem sound. Yeah. It would be like, what? Really? Today? Yeah. <laughs> but I like it. Just, it, th this is crazy. I mean, yeah, there are some outdated pieces of technology and then it, that... It took me a second to figure out what's happening in the next panel, but he has hit Valance's blaster with the lightsaber and melted it? Well, John, one of the le lesser known abilities of the Jedi is the putification, if you will, of uh, blasters when they hit them with their lightsaber, uh, turning them to pudding, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what's <laughs> happening here. Because it took me a second to go, what the hell? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was him, like, lopping his arm off. Which and I that did was, too, like, and I thought, gore. Jesus, that's harsh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe this will make it easier. Um, yeah. Uh, and no, but then instead it's he hits him with the hand blaster, which now apparently is somewhat less forceful than blowing that whole door open because Luke is able to just deflect it. Or no, it hits the wall. Then he'll deflect it very easily. 
yeah, it hits the wall behind him. It blows a whole huge hole in the wall. And then, yeah, he deflects the blast back at his face. And that's what melts him and reveals him to be a cyborg. Cyborg. First you, I'm running low on faces. Is? Valen, you're a Borg. I Don't have a question for you, John. Borg, man. Yeah. Is this the first instance of a lightsaber deflecting oh. a blaster bolt back at somebody? At somebody, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he, all he's doing is blocking it when he's training on the Falcon. Right. He's not actually... I believe, yes, it is. And uh, Obi-Wan never uses his lightsaber against, like, stormtroopers or whatever. Which makes no sense, but uh, yes, that's true. So... At least as far as the canon is concerned at the time, this is like, oh, lightsabers can bounce laser bolts back at people. Yeah. That's a, a novel I mean, concept at this point. Which is, I'm, I'm, I remember the first time, I mean, I remember, maybe not the first time, but like, I remember when they started doing that a lot, like in the prequels, I just thought like, God, that's awesome. Yeah. No, of course. It's it was rad. so cool when they were doing, yeah, you're just like, that's awesome. <laughs> Because it really makes the Jedi seem completely undefeatable in that way. Just well, because like, obviously damn. it's an evolution of the samurai thing of like being able to like slice the arrow in half as it's coming yep. at you. Yep. Yeah. Um, or in more extreme cases, slicing the bullet in half as it's coming at you. <laughs> we gotta be Deadpool to do that. Sure. <laughs> I'm just saying like yeah. that is yeah. the evolution of the, the Jedi abilities, right? Is yeah. being able to yeah. like, deflect Absolutely. the shot. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, and then... <laughs> Uh, him with his robot hand shaking his fist at Luke Skywalker. This monologue uh, here doesn't make any goddamn sense. No, it shocks you. Even the rebel who calls robots his friends. I knew it. I knew it the whole time I was searching for you. Like, what is this confirming in Valance's head? That's right, pal. You love uh, droids, but you hate cyborgs, huh? We're super gross to you, you racist monster. That's right. You hate me. You hate me because I'm so robotic and weird. Yeah, it almost seems like he's just like, I knew you were just virtue signaling. You don't really love robots, <laughs> yeah. pal. Only the cute ones, huh? In this, like, shocking moment, which a laser blast, which should have killed him, has just revealed that he's a cyborg. Luke is taken aback, understandably, and Valance yeah. is interpreting that as just like, of course you hate me for what I really am. Look at you, you can't even look at my gross drooping face! To the point where on this next page, when he uh, rocks uh, Luke with his extendo arm. Um, I know, it's that also, then he just... Bam! Luke There'll be so no reward for for you, boy. Not from the Empire. Not since I killed Darth Vader's Imperial spy here. But it's still worth it to remove a droid-loving hypocrite from the galaxy. Now, now he's a hypocrite to it, where it's just like, I hate you as a droid lover, but the fact that you're also maybe disgusted by a cyborg makes you a fucking hypocrite on top of it. You bastard. You sicken me. I sicken me. Everything sickens me. Is he the saddest character in Star Wars? Man. At this point, yeah. Yeah, this is the... <laughs> Uh, you hesitated, Rebel. You could have sliced me easily as you turned aside that blast. Now it's too late. I have power enough. 
Boy, talk about monologuing, literally going, all I've got is one shot. You hear that? When I fire this, it's the last (laughs) shot I have. Just know that. He's a Dragon Ball Z villain at this point. (laughs) All of the, yeah, really. Um, uh, And then uh, uh, 3PO's right. Bravery isn't part of my programming. This is wildly out of character for 3PO. Hey, you know what I wasn't expecting in this issue? A uh, let's have 3PO talk down the bad guy monologue. Everybody be cool. Um, (laughs) Just chill out, man. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, 3PO's basically just like, go ahead and shoot me, but then you'll have nothing to shoot Master Luke. So what are you going to do, buddy? And then that just throws Valance for a fucking loop. Madness. Droids and humans don't behave like this. They don't sacrifice themselves for one another. I've never considered such complex emotions before. <laughs> Friendship? <laughs> like, and I think he... at this point, it makes me think that Valance was using that word wrong this whole time. Like, he thought it meant something else. Yeah. And then, and then he just, he, then he, he just is instantly like, actually, this is beautiful. Get out of here, you two. Because, yeah, I have to, like, consider my prejudices. 3PO says, perhaps not in your experience, sir. Certainly it's not widely accepted, but perhaps if it were, even being a cyborg might be easier to bear. I didn't know. Uh, we know that, that 3PO can speak almost any language. I did not know about his psychological counseling. What you <laughs> didn't know, John, is that he can also speak the language of the heart. It seems like that. <laughs> Enough, robot, take young master. Master, a Skywalker, sir. Take young master Skywalker. Pick up his lightsaber and get the two of you far from my sight. As he's a cow's a wall and then just goes and stands at his wall hole. And he really is going like, I gotta rethink my whole life now. (laughs) Okay. So. They have, the whole thing about this character is I'm gonna kill this kid for loving robots, and then all it takes is one moment where a robot's like, "I love him back," and Valance is just like, "My whole worldview is thrown into chaos now. I don't even understand." If Valance had ever met Mastercom, his head would explode. <laughs> I know. I, I what are you doing? He would die like scanners is what would happen. A hundred percent. He's going out like Ironside, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, yeah, this whole exchange here when he talks about sounds like he might change his mind. Luke's like, I don't think he ever really made up his mind. But let's get out of here. Either way, though, I'm sure we'll be seeing him again. Also, l- <laughs> Luke, with the rejoinder, will be back on our way to Yavin with supplies for the Alliance and parts to save R2-D2. Wait, was that the mission? That was why they came to uh, our, our friend, uh, what was it, Junction? Oh, so, I mean, that's why they came to Skinker, but like, wasn't the mission to like scout out the Imperial blockade? Yeah. <laughs> we forgot Never about mind. that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. It doesn't matter. I don't think we've heard the last of Mr. Valance. I'm sure da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it makes me think of the 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 Simpsons thing with Chief Wiggum PI where he's just like, should we arrest the villain? Now nah, let him go. I'm sure we'll be seeing him each and every week. 
but next week, we're going to get a few answers concerning Han Solo, his partner Chewbacca, and whatever happened to Jabba the Hutt. Hot with one T. Hot with one T, indeed. Whatever happened to Jabba the Hutt. Wasn't that a classic old film? Yeah. <laughs> Famous uh, uh, Broadway play, uh, Who's Afraid of Jabba the Hutt? <laughs> I would watch the <laughs> shit out of that. Uh, 100%. Just, who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf just replace with Jabba the Hutt? <laughs> Jabba the Hutt, yeah. I mean, it's basically the same, like, uh, incredibly melodramatic thing about a marriage collapsing, but it's set in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, and it's all about Jabba the Hutt and Bib Fortuna. <laughs> Why don't you love me anymore? <laughs> I don't walk away. I couldn't understand anything when he was saying, but I was riveted. Uh, I don't walk away. Do they want to divorce proceedings? In the wonder, you broke my heart. Uh, but yeah, that is it for Valance for now. Uh, he'll for be now, back. Uh, yeah, because I have a feeling we'll be hearing from him again. We'll be hearing from him again. Uh, but uh, as 3PO so rarely gets the wins in most of these conflicts. I know. I do just want to point out that this is our first like confirmed 3PO has just like broken an enemy of some kind. And it was Valance <laughs> with, of all people. With like an appeal to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so bizarre man yeah three th i want the 3po like hostage negotiator comic now <laughs> i mean you have so much to live for i just like we could spend the next hour like really trying to figure out valance's psychology but it's not gonna matter really uh no. so let's not worry about it well because he's so one note that they literally are just like the second a uh, uh, second note is even remotely like enters his brain he's like well, that throws everything into whack. I don't. It really makes hell? me think he has killed so many people so quickly that no one's ever had time to actually say. But actually, <laughs> and now, and now he's now he's got to consider all of that. That's weighing on him. Oh boy, yeah, he's going to be standing in that wall hole for a while. Uh, but <laughs> when next we see him, he may be up against a different cyborg that we might have a bit more affection for. Oh yeah. Yeah, but no, well, next can, it's Jabba the Hutt, one T. First, we got to catch back up with Jabba the Hutt with one T. I really do need to stress the one T on that Hutt because this is a Jabba that we've seen before in this comic book. Yes. That is not the Jabba the Hutt that we are akin far, to. Far from the Jabba the Hutt, we know. So this, this is one T Jabba, and we'll just say that he is a completely different character that Han Solo also <laughs> owed money to. Man, who would have guessed two Jabba the Hutt spelled differently? Two Jabba's uh, spelled slightly differently. It's, it is hell on the Tatooine phone book, but... <laughs> well, yeah, join us uh, for that next week. Uh, but, of course, if you want more from us, you can head over to our patron page, which is patron.podbean.com slash punchup. There you can get cool exclusive bonus content from all the shows on the Punchup Entertainment Network. Uh, and uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe uh, below and ring that bell for notifications. Yeah. Uh, comment below. Uh, please let us know who is your favorite droid who could have possibly shut down Valance with any other sort of appeal. Obviously, you got your IG-88s who could have just, yeah. you know, shot him in the face. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what are some other droids that could maybe have stopped Valance's rampage with an appeal to his 
you know, not everybody how, hates droids mentality. How would uh, Professor Hu Yang handle this situation? Oh, uh, Hu Yang would have shut this guy down so quick. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's going to wrap things up for uh, May the Panel Be With You this week. Absolutely. Uh, I've been Mike Gergoni. I'm John Campbell. And as always, may the panel be with you. Thank you.